Hi, I'm Matthew Viriapa, and from KSU, you're listening to Songwriters and Tour Writers, a podcast about musicians from Oklahoma and those who might just be passing through. Sorry for the unplanned break, but you might have noticed that things have slightly changed. We have a new name. From now on, the podcast is going to be called Songwriters and Tour Writers. Same show, just a different name. Anyway, in our previous episode, we featured Oklahoma indie artist Josh Fudge and his experience graduating high school and thinking about where his future could be in music. Next is an artist who pursued higher education in music. In this episode, I talked to Madeline Casson, who at the time was heading into her last semester of Berklee College of Music. I thought going to music school would be like 100% different than it was. She grew up in Tulsa performing jazz and now releases music under the name Pisha. Earlier this year, she put out her first album, Threnody, and the gothic mournful songs capture a turning of age period, both in her personal life and as a performer. We talk about why she took on a new name as an artist and her advice for someone going into music school. My name is Madeline Casson. I go by the musical moniker Pisha. I make avant-garde electro-pop music. What is the origin of like Pisha? Like why having like an, an extra kind of artist name? Well, um, my thinking was that I could put my musical life and my artist life to bed at the end of the day and have like a healthy separation between the two because I'm a person of extremes and I don't know, I just thought that maybe that would help. But also I liked the sound of that name. Like, I think it has like some really nice, like like plosives and like pisha. I think it just sounds really nice. Like it's fun to say. It comes from a video game. Well, that's the first time I heard it was, a, it was this character in a video game. Real terror is not the sight of death. It is the fear of death. What is the fear of death? Terror of the unknown. Is it these eyes you peer into? No. The game is called Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. It's a like a RPG game from 2002 or so, maybe 2004. And it's on the PC. And the character Pisha is this cannibal vampire from the Nile and she basically tells you like you can call me Pisha but that's not my name that's a name I'm borrowing from a past lover so the idea was that like oh who's the past lover like what if I assumed the identity of this like mysterious past lover you find her in this abandoned hospital and there's like boards and slats like all lay splayed out and you have to climb down in it and then there's like people screaming and they're like ah and she eats them (laughs) i don't know it's just like it's just it's fun i don't know tell him this was all a ruse his friends playing a joke he will come he must come down here if he leaves the frail disguise we wear for mortals will be seen through 
But then upon further research, it's also a, a, like a, a type of flute instrument used in the Eastern Hemisphere. And it has like a background in Russian culture. It's used in a lot of different areas. They have some form of this name, Pisha, but I just like the sound of it. I mean, it feels like it matches like... Like, it feels like that's the aesthetic that you're going for, looking at, like, the different photos you've taken as as Pisha, just cannibal vampire goth. <laughs> yeah, it's been my inspiration lately. And, you know, it's, like, totally subject to change. But, um, but that's the good thing about that name is it's not really tied to, like, the name itself doesn't really lean one way or the other. Right now, like I've, I felt really inspired by that video game in, even like in making the album, I was feeling like pretty inspired by that video game because I was playing it so much. How do you pronounce the, the name of the album too? Threnity. Threnity, okay. What's the origin of that? Well, I, I guess I just really like words and I learned that word and I was like, that's a fun word. And I was looking for words that had the same sort of meaning of like a lament. I guess because I grew up Catholic and I feel like those those themes in the Bible still really intrigue me. I just liked the word. I thought it sounded fun. And I liked the meaning of it because it was like a musical lament. Yeah. Is it like a specific thing that you're kind of like lamenting or, or grieving or trying to get over with this album? Um, I feel less like in a lighthearted way. I described it as a lament of a past self, but that kind of insinuates like sorrow. And, and though there is sorrow in moving on, I think it's mostly like a a, a good thing growing up like I guess for me this is like a turning of age work um, just in like my own work as a producer and a songwriter and a performer um, and I felt like a lot of shifts in my personal life in the making of this album and just like an awareness shift Also, part of the persona I take when performing does have this like over-the-top mournful vibe and I think that's just because of the things I'm inspired by and what sorts of things I connect to and then that tends to influence how I connect with others, you know? It does feel like a, a key change from like the other stuff that you kind of did. It seems like before, you know, 
this this project and kind of more recent stuff, you grew up doing a lot of like more jazzy things. Yeah, total shift. And that's part of the reason I wanted to choose a different name because I had felt that in releasing music under my name, then I started to feel like my identity wrap itself around the art and stuff I was making. And though that's healthy to an extent, I um, I didn't like the way it felt and I wanted to free myself up to a lot of things. And I was working with a band and there's just like an anonymity. How do anonymous yeah uh and (laughs) just being like an unknown person that kind of frees you from like you know expectations i guess or who you were yeah and even though like at this point in time like the people listening to my music are mostly my friends i i do still feel that when i put my name on it then it becomes this whole thing i just wanted to like leave less room for the ego to go wild and also i definitely feel that in being a very shy person over the years when performing i definitely 100 percent assume a persona and though it is a reflection of myself it's an exaggerated self that like isn't in conversation or my personal life Also, I think it's just really fun. And lately I've just been kind of on this quest for fun. And I think it's really fun to kind of play with your weaknesses or your strong suits and make them into something funny and fun. Uh, That's like extremely important for me because I'm way too serious all the time, which is painful so (laughs) i feel like i have to um counteract it by like being really fun like i i just i can't wait to perform again i'm so excited I was going to ask, you know, uh, how much of this was kind of predicated on, you know, the pandemic kind of shutting down, like, everything that is, like, live music. I don't know how it's affected going to Berkeley. Like, it seems like it would have, like, changed everything for you. Yeah, it definitely has changed everything. Um, I think that being, like, a an introvert and a just generally lethargic person it's kind of awesome to be able to do work at home. But I realize that that is like an incredibly privileged standpoint to take. It, it's definitely changed things. And I, I wonder, there are things, there's so much that I miss. Like there's no 
you know, like the community aspect of going to school, which is like one of the biggest parts of going to school, like especially higher education and also the facilities. That's like what really like there's no way I can justify it in my head. That just sucks that I don't have access to these facilities because Part of the thing that's so great about Berkeley is that they have all of this equipment. And if you kind of play your cards right, you can access the equipment and explore and play and record or whatever, or have your friends record you. That's that's kind of what I miss, the material things of like going to the campus. And uh, you know, you start to miss just like commuting places. I have this excess of energy that's like really nice to have. I've just been like starting a bunch of projects, like silly little projects. Like I've been making plant pots. I can show you. Oh, that's cool. And I think it's because like I have like this energy that um, usually is kind of spent. Yeah. And I was working two jobs before the pandemic and performing as well as going to school. and. I was completely spent, but I was totally happy. Um, it felt really good to be like that productive. So now I have to find new ways to be productive. We had kind of talked about like this shift from like the the jazzier stuff uh, you were doing. Was that what you went to school to kind of do? I don't know how Berkeley degrees work. Um, were you studying like mainly jazz or? Berkeley's interesting. So it has this history, this wonderful history in jazz music and education and there's like a few ways you can study music and some of those ways are like classical and then there's like the jazz um, notation which is like a different type of notation berkeley kind of you you learn both but there's like an emphasis on the jazz notation and style I initially went there to study recording, like studio recording engineering. Um, And then when I was there my freshman year, I totally chickened out and like went into the songwriting route because I have a terrible issue with being told what to do. (laughs) That's like so, so bratty. But I was just like, I'm also really bad at like, math or at least that's the narrative I tell myself is that I'm bad at like these sorts of things so I was like I can't do it I I want to do this but I'm just gonna like study it myself and then in school I'll study songwriting so in a way I'm a student of both and it's wonderful the facilities even in the songwriting department that I have regarding recording and recording education because I've I've learned so much and I think this is something that you can totally teach yourself but it's very hard to teach yourself it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of people do it and that's wonderful and I found that there are some things that I can't have like a professor teach me like I just gotta do it myself but it's nice to have the liberty to explore both so like listening back to like some of your older performances where it's kind of like you know in a in a jazz club uh does 
what you're doing now feel like a natural outgrowth from there? It's interesting. I feel like those two things exist completely separately within me. And they always sort of have, maybe that's because I compartmentalized it a certain way at a young age, but they do really kind of exist in two separate worlds for me. I enjoy performing anything, but I think I always wanted to show the world the songs I wrote, um, and that felt more like my like little mission that I wanted to do. I don't really know how else to describe it except it exists in a different world of creativity, but again, I feel like as with anything, like it opened a lot of doors for me, especially as a performer, because I was shy, like I was really shy, really nervous. There's this time I did a performance and I was so anxious and shy that I opened my mouth and didn't, like words wouldn't come out. Like I was trying to sing, I was probably 15, and I was, I was singing a pop punk cover of somebody that I used to know by Gautier, which is hilarious. Somebody had asked me to do it and I was like, yeah, sure. And the, these like older guys, they were like really cool. And I was like, wow, they're like pop punk guys. Like they're awesome. They probably skateboard. And we did this little performance at the Vanguard in Tulsa. And I totally goofed. I totally just didn't let out a peep and I think I was trying like I'm pretty sure I was like making do working all the the singing muscles it just wouldn't come but I say all that to say I was very very shy and like the thing with stage fright is it just doesn't it doesn't just like go away and then you're cured forever you just kind of sometimes you can handle it better than others I heard somebody say that like something to the effect of if I stop getting nervous then I'm worried and I was like oh that's good because I'm nervous all the time <laughs> but yeah I think that me performing jazz was instrumental in exploring performance because I was exploring performance without the added pressure of showing my songs which is like an exposed nerve because it's like a piece of yourself, you know? What kind of, uh, just for like an example, what kind of jazz songs were you singing or performing? Um, I did like a lot of like the popular basics, like Fly Me to the Moon, Time After Time. But then I would throw in some stuff that I found as it came up. Like one of my favorite songs to sing is The Bluest Kind of Blue. There's a version that Peggy Lee does. Is a blues kind of blues, my baby sing. It's a newest kind of blues. You know, for a while there, like really, like until last year, I was like every time I'd go home, I would play some jazz gigs in Tulsa 
because it's just fun. It's awesome. It's a kind that makes you sigh. It's a kind that makes you cry. Doing something to mind. This was kind of a, a question that Josh Fudge, who was the other music student that I had interviewed, wanted to like kind of ask of other people who are a few more years into like a music program. So he he asked, what was most valuable about it? That's what I want to know is what did you take from it that was most valuable to you? What did you learn from it? How did you grow and how, how did it impact you in a way that would be different if you were just pursuing music from home? Yeah, great question. Um, the professors I've worked with so crazy like just amazing at what they do um the collegiate environment is a really it's a really special privilege to be a part of that type of conversation and to be in like a huddle of people who are interested in similar things as you and i think it happens more rarely in our lives um and in that type of environment, like really special things can happen. Like you meet other creative people who have like the same wants as you or the same goals creatively as you, or they do creative things. Like I said, I'm inspired by my friends, like truly, honestly, all the time. Like the things they do are just incredible. And I wouldn't have met them otherwise that environment was so perfect for me. What I would tell someone who was like first coming to Berkeley or something like that is use everything you can. It's not, it's not wrong to try to exhaust your resources. You're paying for it. Treat everyone with kindness because like you never know who you're sitting next to. And that's something that they say a lot at my school, but the person who ended up recording my EP for my band, Tada. He did such an incredible job with somebody that I had tutored because um, I was an ESL tutor for three years. And we maintained a relationship and he gave me like this incredible opportunity with like this crazy expensive equipment, which I don't know if I'll ever get to touch equipment like that again. That stuff's pretty expensive and an institution is good for specific things and one of them is spending money on material things. So <laughs> like... So exhaust, exhausting the resources and exhausting the resources of your teachers too, because they're there for a reason and they're really experienced and they want to help you. Wow, how how crazy is it to like be with people who like want to help you and are like getting paid to help you? 
what was the kind of conversation like when you know you were trying to figure out what the album cover was going to look like and I guess it was like tossed spaghetti or whatever that was like kind of everywhere <laughs> like was that something you always wanted to or no but when you say it like that my mom was like my mom was totally roasting me she's like that looks like spaghetti on your head that was totally like I just tied some string in my hair but it's interesting to hear you say toss spaghetti because like pretty much every time in the past year that somebody has asked me about art making I'm always likening it to tossing spaghetti so maybe subconsciously it's like a or maybe it's just like a happy accident but I really think that putting your art out there the only thing that you can compare it to is throwing spaghetti on the wall and I think it's important to just like have a ton of spaghetti on hand and just keep railing it into the wall because and then maybe you have a wall full of spaghetti and maybe you have a floor full of spaghetti in either way it's a beautiful thing and you made a lot of spaghetti <laughs> yeah that's a good analogy i like that a lot <laughs> so now that you said that i'm thinking maybe because my mom's like why do you put spaghetti on your head and i was like i don't know but but maybe maybe i did do it on purpose subconsciously <laughs> Because I'm telling you, like, seriously, every time I talk about it, like, which is unfortunately way too often, I'm just, I'm just constantly talking about spaghetti. I don't even eat spaghetti that much. I guess I want to dig in more into, like, the, the actual album now. Uh, so what kind of influences or inspirations were there for some of the songs on the album? Man, it's so, like, all over the place because I definitely believe that, like, everything you ever hear is lodged into your brain somewhere and comes out like maybe even smash mouth influences you know i don't know more directly the things i was listening to at the time especially at the start of making this album which the first song that was finished was i'll be your dog at that point um i was playing that video game a lot and listening to Nine Inch Nails, specifically the track Closer. With that song specifically, I wanted to create a response song. Which is so dorky, I don't know, but I, I was like going through a breakup and I was like, I'm going to create a response song to Closer. So they're kind of like the same thing, but like from opposite perspectives. So Nine Inch Nails, huge influence. And then, you know, Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry, I've been really inspired by for like the past year or two. Just like their whole discography is so awesome. If there was like one trait from them that you would like want to apply to your own music or like something that you're really trying to like 
make sure that your music also captures what would it be uh, the raw emotion and the songwriting is just pretty flawless like it's smart songwriting it takes you on a journey without you feeling like you're being taken on a journey because you're just so caught up in experiencing it they have such killer guitar lines To have many hooks in a song is a, is a really cool thing because then it's like kind of cascading down on you as you listen and kind of like weaseling itself into your brain. I've always liked things that are just so much, so many layers in production wise, like that's the space I was in. So you have like these dense mixes with small details. Um, and then, in, you know, I was also in, influenced by like that resurgence of like AM pop, they call it. That was what was inspiring, like the, particularly the tracks like Play Nice and Gothweb were really like John Mouse inspired. But then later, like as time went on, it was like, falling in love with the cure and then subsequently like red lorry yellow lorry and like that classic 80s goth rock vibe and cocteau twins god i love them and bjork i think those two things bjork and cocteau twins just like live in my brain so embedded deeply that i don't really notice that they're there somebody had asked me about the influences and i didn't even say bjork but looking back on it, it was like so obviously bjork i don't know because she just paved the way for so many um, artists, like especially in that art pop, electro pop field. The way she marries like dance music with sort of like art song, you know? I am an avid music listener, like a little bit neurotic. I I just like want to hear everything I can, even if it's bad. I don't know why. I guess because I'm curious. So I'm always like trying to find like new music and get inspired by new music. And same thing with visual art too. Like I want to see all of it and like just expose myself to as much as possible because 
you never know like how that's going to influence you. And then maybe you go to sleep that night and you have this crazy dream. And then you wake up the next day and you feel like crap because you had this terrible dream. And then it influences your, you're listening back on your mix and it influences how you hear it that day. And you're like, oh, I need to have like a, a really stabby synth. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, no, for sure. Was, is that like an actual song that you're referring to? Like, having like a weird dream and then you wake up and listen to the mix and you're like oh i know exactly what it needs now or this is what i want to do to it after this dream yeah well the song freak was a dream song i think we're like so fragile i feel that like when it's like really bright outside like that'll affect my mood or like just like really sensitive so it'll all change how i'm digesting art but with freak yeah i woke up from a dream and i had this stupid little bass line in my head and i was like i'm gonna try to make it a song In my dream, it was like so cool and awesome. And then I was playing this game of like, it'll never be like the dream, you know? It's almost like a different way of communication. So putting it into human words, like doesn't totally work. I was just working on this album so much, like every single day. And then I'd listen to things and I I don't know. I tried to like forget about genre and like just be influenced and inspired by the stuff I'm influenced and inspired by, regardless of whether it even lines up with what I'm making at the time. Like maybe I'm like making a an industrial pop song but then listening to like ska and they're like not gonna get married because i don't make that kind of music but well you don't make industrial ska no it's probably (laughs) i'll leave that to somebody else i don't think i'd do a very good job at that but (laughs) you know i just feel that like when you're watching humans do cool stuff it's like always inspiring or hearing it it's always inspiring and I think that's part of my more recent obsession with okay I'm going to expose myself to everything also that's like totally like an internet youth thing I think too I have this theory that like being like being zoomery or like on the younger side of millennial stuff just what I'm trying to say is growing up with the internet you are exposed to so much stuff all the time it's like awesome and it's chaotic do you feel like everyone in like uh, your age going to music school they they all kind of like uh, 
have such, you know, like I find that way when I talk to like other music heads, like my age, everyone is very like eclectic in what they listen to. It's so accessible. Like you can listen to every kind of music now. It's so hard to like stay in one lane. Like why would you? What would be the point? Yeah, that's how I feel. But I, you know, you'd be surprised. Like I thought going to music school would be like 100% different than it was. I thought it, I guess I thought it would be like more akin to like art school. And in ways it is, but the the specific school I go to is like, definitely has an emphasis on business. But it's more like kind of geared towards making like professional, like you are going to get out and get a job no matter kind of whether it's in a studio, playing uh, gigs, or playing in an orchestra. I think that's where, like, my my spirit to be like, comes in because I'm, I don't know, because I'm a youth. <laughs> that, that made, like, no sense, but I feel like you got it. I don't, I don't know. No, no, totally. Like, uh, I think there is something to be said about just, like, the internet affecting, like, so much of what, kind of music we all like i it's so awesome how accessible art making is and if anything was gonna heal the world i feel like that's it i hope that we continue to like place importance and treat art making with the reverence it deserves because it can be like such a like a metaphysical healing thing um i think it's amazing that so many people are exposed to this have you heard the album of like emily montez she's like five my name's emily and i'm five i like playing roblox and i like going outside she's rapping about being in the pandemic like one of her lines was i'm just five i'm just trying to survive and she's just like coping with her feelings of being five and like going through this pandemic and she talks about how she wants to go outside and she wants to build a snowman and it's like that is so awesome and therapeutic and who knows how that will influence her like especially at such a young age to like start the dialogue with yourself to be thinking about the things that bother you is amazing I hope that all children can have this conversation with themselves. But then to do it via art is like even, you know, like that's like so awesome because the things you you can't really communicate in words just find their way out. I, I feel grateful for that part of the internet. And though I I worry about like the obsessive individualism that comes out of promoting yourself all the time, no matter what you do, just inherently with social media. Yeah. I could never not be thankful for all the people I've met um, via social media. I'm an introvert. Like, I'm totally not necessarily one to, like, put myself in situations where I meet people like that, but I feel that the internet, like, has given me so many opportunities that I wouldn't have even like somebody like me like would not have access to or I it would be a lot harder for me to 
So I'm really appreciative for that. I've met so many crazy, incredible artists. And I mean, connecting with you, like that aspect of it, I'm so, so thankful for. That was Pisha. She graduated last May, and again, her album is called Threnity. You can go to kosu.org to find out more about her and the full list of songs featured in this episode. Songwriters and Tour Writers is a production of KOSU in the service of Oklahoma State University. Our editor is Ryan McCroy, and our cover art was created by Terry Ferris. You can find Songwriters and Tour Writers wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Variapa. 